The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I am very excited to be here today with a great panel for our alternate holiday show. But before we get to that, I have a couple of things um, to talk about. Uh, Bryn is not with us today. She had the opportunity to see a fabulous show last minute. So stepping in is the incredible Herbie. Herbie, thank you for taking care of our streaming needs today. Not a problem. Sheila, we knew, wouldn't be here today. She's also seeing a fabulous show in a different space, though. She's in Orlando. Bryn's up in Minneapolis. Um, Are they so seeing the man- same show? <laughs> no, no. They're both seeing holiday shows, but different shows. Um, and so manning the hands is Nancy. Nancy, who did such a fabulous job hosting last night during karaoke. Welcome back to Sunday Edition, Nancy. <laughs> And he won't tell you this, but Anthony did a great job with his karaoke last night, too. So, Thank you. And another fabulous karaoke performer, Lucy, is taking care of our clubhouse needs. So if you'd like to join the conversation in clubhouse, just alert Lucy and she'll let us know. Um, so for me, <clears throat> this is my last Sunday edition of the year. Um, next week, the fabulous people in front of Friends in Art are taking over the show for a holiday spectacular or a holiday showcase um there's a lot of uh, spoken word pieces as well as a few musical selections and i couldn't stay away completely so um i have a beautiful holiday prayer song um that will be during um the showcase next week i look forward to hearing the replay later on because i will be at a touch tour of the nutcracker next week (laughs) um so also filming a psa for the art center uh, about their accessibility features so you know community service a great show i get to touch stuff um and i'm sure there'll at least be one flute of champagne throughout the day so i'm looking forward to that and then of course the next two sundays are holiday sundays so um, one of the days will be the community fun, so there won't be any shows. And the other day, I'm sure, will be something fabulous that we've done throughout the year as a repeat. Um, I wanted to alert everyone, because I inked basically the deal this week. For those of you who may know about the Guiding Emily series of books by the author Barbara Hinsky, um, one, the first book was just made into a movie on the Hallmark Channel. It premiered on September 8th. You can get it through Hallmark, Amazon Prime, or Peacock if you're interested. It is about a woman who loses her sight suddenly. And um, her story and a guide dog or a pup in training who wants to become a guide dog 
the movie is shot from both of their perspectives and Eric McCormack of Will and Grace uh, voices Garth, the want to be or soon to be guide dog. Um, I was uh, given the information that the fourth book in the series should be dropping the last week of this month, uh, the last week of this month or this year, if you look at it. And on January 14th, um, Barbara Hinsky is going to join us here on Sunday edition to talk about the month that she spent in a blindness center while preparing for the book, the um, amazing outpouring of response that she's gotten, and her mission for 2024, which is tackling the unemployment statistics of the blind and low vision community, not by coming to conventions and talking to our community, though she's definitely going to be talking on Sunday edition, of course, but by reaching out to HR programs around the country and universities, as well as conferences and conventions of HR personnel. And so she's going to be asking for some help from the American Council of the Blind Community. Market calendars, that is January 14th. She'll answer all your questions about the books and her experience and we can sign up to be part of her mission for 2024, which I think is really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to ask one of my panelists to step up first, Miss Carla Hayes. Welcome back to Sunday Edition. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you and I are doing a Christmas or holiday call this year on the 19th. You want to you tell folks a little bit about how the idea came about? Yes, uh, it sort of came about on one of um, Jesse's, um, you know, um, um, taking care of your mental health. And I was bemoaning the fact that with all relatives gone, we used to play 20 questions. I always insisted I'd give them a present and they, we opened presents one at a time and everybody had to answer 20 questions. And it took a long time. And that way, you know, everybody got a nice gift and we weren't just going, well, open this one, go to the next one and tear, tear, wrap, wrap. You know, I mean, you know, rip, rip, I should say. The wrapping was done before. And so this is going to be a virtual um, 20 questions gift exchange. And we're going to try to replicate that. And there's going to be some interesting gifts. And, um, you know, Anthony graciously told me that he would like to do this with me. And, you know, we could do this together. And so I'm looking forward to it. So if you don't have anywhere to go and you want to recreate, if, if that's a custom of yours, or maybe it's a new one you could start, we'd love it if you would join us. We absolutely would. That's going to be Tuesday night, the 19th, um, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern. But look at your daily community call schedule. Um, and if, you know, if you have a bestie that's part of the community and you guys want to come and do your virtual gift exchange together, that's great. Um, but we're going to match folks up in the room and basically just play 20 questions to figure out what that virtual gift is and it can be anything from the practical the ugly sweater all the way to the fantastical if you want to give somebody virtually a unicorn for the holidays have at it um and i think the 20 questions part of it is going to be a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to that the best and part is you don't have to be limited by finances i mean if you wanted to give somebody the world you could um whereas you, that's that's not you can't say that for a regular gift exchange so that's that's um, another great thing about it being virtual absolutely maybe somebody wants to give orion orion's belt you know the entire star system to somebody 
I mean, in 20 questions, it can be anything that you dream of. And if you know somebody well and you know something that they'd enjoy, then, you know, gear it around that. But um, we'll ask at the top of the call who's coming together and wants to play together. And then we'll randomly match folks up. I think it's going to be a really fun call. And what a great way to start today's program, because there is a lot of community offering for the holidays. Um, we had a great Thanksgiving Friendsgiving. Um, I know that there is a community thon that um, is quite popular in the community and um, lots of other like our gift exchange calls for for you to access this holiday season. Let me introduce my other two guests, and you may remember them from this this show last year and various other shows that we've done together. Um, first up, Miss Becca Lou. Becca, how are you feeling? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm glad to know that you're uh, figuring out how to do things on the with the left perspective. <laughs> yes, it, it's been it's been a challenge, but um, you know. It, it's something you can't do alone. So I have a rock star person that um, shares my house with me and shares my life. And and I have to say, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what I'd be doing because there's nights and actually days that I sit here and it's like, I can't do it. And he's like, yeah, you can just, we'll figure it out. So it's been a challenge, but um, you know, I'm really glad to be here and 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 be on the platform with you. Oh, major shout out to Alan. He is absolutely a rock star. Send all of our love to him. And of course, the fabulous Mark Reichert. Welcome back, Mark. Fabulous. So fabulous. Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me yeah. back on. You know, I was thinking I was I was sitting here. I can remember doing a show for you slash us in January. I think it was for in recognition of uh, MLK weekend. And I think that was the show that I bid on during last year's auction. But here's yep. the wild thing about it. It was a lot of fun and we've done shows since then, but that was what mid January or something, I think uh, late January. And it's like, here we are December. And now, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have to get used to using that index finger to reach up for the number four on the, on the keyboard, you know, it's like we were just in 2023. And I think somewhere somebody has reduced the size of these years from 12 months down to three or four or something. I don't know. It's like someone has sped up the clock. I, I, you know, I yeah. feel like an old man saying, Oh, tell you, the time is just isn't what, what it used to be, but God, it just, it feels like that. It really does. It, it does. You know, I, I remember thinking back or I'm thinking back. I remember, you know, sitting in class each year and, and counting the days, you know, the last two days usually were not work mm. or learning focused. You know, there was the holiday party and I mean, the teachers tried to keep order and all, but, you know, usually those last two days of school were almost a free for all. But mm. man, like December 7th, December 8th, it felt like, you know, December 20th would never get here. <laughs> And, you know, I, I feel like Thanksgiving was just this past Thursday. Forget about two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So we're talking alternate holiday traditions, plans, and or sitting out of the holidays altogether. So let's um let's start whether traditional or non-traditional let's let's do a go around with the panelists and let's talk about what we have on deck for the holidays this year. And we'll go backwards. Mark, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about what your holiday season looks like this year? 
Yeah. So, I mean, no surprise, you know, so I'm in my mid fifties. My mother is in her early eighties. She, uh, you know, it's the classic story. She lives in sunny Florida, which apparently hasn't been very uh, sunny for much of this year, I guess, but in any case, so she's down there. So it's a, the, the almost liturgical ritual to go down for the December holidays and perhaps for Easter or maybe one other time in the year. So yours truly is going down on the 21st and spend, I don't know, what, eight, nine, 10 days down there uh, being peppered with questions for the first three days. And then having my mother who lives alone, uh, I think probably itching to get rid of her only son so that she can go back to napping whenever she wants to and that sort of thing. <laughs> but, you know, she's my mommy. So of course you wouldn't hear uh, a lot of complaints, but anyway, but it will be lovely because of course there's always the going out to dinner thing a few times and inevitably it's going to the favorite restaurants where my dear sweet papa, who's now been gone for 20 years this year, you know, and it's not a morbid thing. I mean, it just is, you know, Hey, let's go to those restaurants. It's uh, again, almost, almost communion like or something. This is a ritual we do. We have fun. And even if the food isn't that great, you know, you're going for the memories. So anyway, so it should be, uh, it should be fun. And just a footnote, casual footnote. I uh, was marveling at the expense anymore of airplane tickets. Wow. I mean, I yes. to remember the day of going from, you know, I've been in DC for over 30 years, right? 33, I guess. And, you know, you could get to Florida and Southwest for just unbelievably low. And now it's craziness. I mean, I have, I, I'm traveling at, you know, oh, dark 30 coming and coming to, 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 to just to even get it down to a sensible amount. But anyway, times change. Absolutely. And the gets smaller. <laughs> yeah. And the dinner time starts earlier and earlier, doesn't it? <laughs> they do. That. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We love our early bird specials down here in Florida. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, Becca, how about you? What's on deck for your holiday season? Well, what's on deck is um, continuing to recover um i have a surgeon appointment on the 20th so hopefully um that will continue to be good news as as it already has been um everything seems to be healing appropriately so we do not have to do the surgery things so, thank god um that's kind of what we're hoping for and you know i think we're going to just spend a kind of a quiet day and and um i think we've gotten into a habit of doing uh the hallmark movies and i'm so excited because we just watched uh guiding emily just the other night we had recorded it so i'm excited to hear that she's come in and so i think you know movies and just uh maybe eating leftover pizza and kind of hanging out all right i like that and um carla <clears throat> Well, my holidays have really changed. I live alone. All my family is not here anymore. My brother moved to Alabama, and um, so he's not here. So um, definitely I will go to church both Christmas Eve morning and for our candlelight. Sure. And I'm supposed to hand out bulletins. And I told anybody, since I don't have a family, if anybody wants to hawk off their liturgical readings or anything they don't want, I'll do them because I don't mm -hmm. have anything to run home for as long as I can have a ride. That's my only mm -hmm. stipulation. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that. And if somebody invites me, I'll certainly go. Um, one of my teacher friends said something about maybe we could get together on Christmas Day for a while. So maybe I'll do that. 
But um, that said, <laughs> this year my um, cable went out and um, some Verizon changed something on one of the apps. And I was I used to be able to watch Verizon TV on my um, Braille Note Touch Plus or, you know, the note, one of the note takers online. It won't let me do that now. And I missed the oh. Aces Parade and the dog show. So that didn't make me very <laughs> happy at all. Yeah. So I'm going to try to resolve that problem. And I've made up my mind that I'm taking the week between Christmas and New Year's completely off. I'm closing down LanguaLearn Communications. We don't have school. So I'm going to do things. I'm going to keep myself open. If somebody invites me, I'll go. If not, I've been downloading movies, you know, describe Christmas music like a mad, uh, uh, movies like a mad lady. I'll just, I'll watch them. And I've made up my mind. I'm not going to do any work, but I'm going to relax. I'm going to catch up on reading, creative writing. And if somebody invites me, I will go. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> for me, um, the holiday season has changed pretty dramatically in the last couple of weeks. Um, many of you listening probably know this already, but my partner um, accepted a position at Barry University slash Barry Law School, and he is the director of the Office of Accessibility for both the law school and the university. Um, and their holiday schedule is different. And within the first 90 days, you don't want to ask for special time off. And our retired girl, Posh, um, has gone blind. And she has some eye pressure issues. I have an appointment on Tuesday to, to see whether or not we're going to need surgery for her. And at 12 and a half, I really don't want to go with the surgery option. She's never been under anesthesia. Mm. Um, so any extra prayers, we will definitely accept. But that means that unfortunately, we at the last minute had to cancel our Honduras excursion for the year, um, mm. which is sad. Um, but I guess God and the universe work in great ways. Um, Gabriel's older brother, had his parents coming to Mexico. That's where he's, that's where he lives for a week. And to sweeten the deal, he sent them here. Um, and they, they popped up right before Thanksgiving and they left on Friday. So if that hadn't happened, then we wouldn't have seen them at all for the holiday season. So I, I have to say God is good. Um, yeah. It all worked out, you know, not maybe not for the best per se, but it worked out. And mama and boy, who are very, very close, at least got to see each other during the holiday season. And maybe Easter, we'll have a little bit more luck. Posh, you know, is getting drops twice a day in the eyes. And, and we don't want to leave her for a bunch of days with someone else while she's not at, you know, and when she's not feeling that well. So I will pose the question to Nancy, Lucy, and Herbie, if, if any of you want to share your some of your holiday plans or, or traditions. I can do that. Sure. Well, um, my parents are both deceased. And so we decided that we would still get together at Christmas time. Uh, because we wanted to, you know, remain close. And so I have four sisters that I'm in contact with, and they live close to me. So we all get together at my oldest sister's house Christmas Eve and just have hors d'oeuvres, you know, just a finger food type thing, and exchange a few gifts. And then 
um, Christmas Day, I go to my niece Sarah's house. That's my oldest sister's daughter. And she has two children. And so I go there for brunch and watch them open presents. And so, yeah, it's a family time and it's, it's wonderful. It's great. So nice. Maybe you can adopt, maybe not 20 questions. I don't know how young the kids are, but maybe you can adopt a couple of questions before they get to unwrap the present and see what, how much fun that might be. <laughs> well, I will, I will certainly pose that to everyone and see how they feel about it. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> Nancy Herbie, the review want to chime in? All righty. Kathy and okay. Travis and I are just basically, we have friends that come over on Christmas and we all have a meal together and we exchange gifts and we just spend some time together. And that's basically what our tradition has been the last few years I've lived here. And um, I'm looking forward to that. I've got some neat things coming up, neat surprises coming up. So yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> that is awesome. And of course we still have two more weeks of holiday karaoke with some amazing, I, I, the past karaoke has been amazing for a very, very long time, but the past two weeks, I don't know everybody's bringing their a game. Um, <clears throat> there were some amazing performances last night. If you get the opportunity to, if you're scrolling around on that ACB media and you hit five and you hear people singing holiday songs, keep it on for a while. There's oh, yeah. some really great talent in, in our community, including Mr. Herbie, who, uh, who brought back a favorite from last year, last night. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, last year you talked to us about traditions, um, and I, and I was wondering if if you could give us a little bit of 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 that conversation again this year. Uh, tradition. Well, so I one of my favorite memories is my sitting with my mom. It's not so much a, a Christmas tradition, but just. Uh, sitting around with relatives, most of the family on my mother's and father's side are from Chicago. So every summer we'd go up in the summers. My aunt and uncle up there basically is almost like a second set of parents for me. And there are three boys. My cousins were kind of like, you know, I'm an only kid. And so it's fun in the summer to be able to borrow three older boys to be my older brothers for a few weeks. Um, and, uh, but, you know, so you develop all these memories. You go up every year and uh, mostly it was just my mother and I went up in the summer. So sometimes my dad would join in any case, you know, uh, there aren't, as people get older, naturally, those kinds of visits, the frequency of them, the duration of them, you know, they wind down. Uh, but we do that every once in a blue moon and it, it's been a little while, but the last visit that we had up there, I think was when my uncle died. That was in 2017. Anyway, so we're all sitting around the table eating and the thing we were eating is what we called but the family refers to as barbecue, which is basically sloppy joes. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's it's homemade, but it's you know, your beef stew meat and mixed on with a, a sauce of ketchup and 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 uh, brown sugar and vinegar and and uh, oh gosh, whatever uh, green green pepper, onion, whatever. So I mean, it's basic stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's slop that you just put on straight up hamburger buns. You feed it to somebody outside of the family, you know, or even an in-law who's fairly new to the whole bunch, they take a bite and say, hey, how do you like it? And they say, eh, it, you know, I mean, it's good. You know, it's good, but they don't quite have the attachment to it. But of course, everybody else, you know, loves it. I mean, loves it to to a, you know, almost 
extreme, almost religious extent. And my mother, who is not a poet uh, by any stretch, that's, you know, that's not her, her scene, but uh, we were sitting around, somebody said, you wonder why, the, one of the family members, I forget, my, one of my cousins or something, said, well, you wonder why this is always so gosh darn good. And my mother just blurted out without a, you know, a split second, well, it's because of all the memories in the food. And that yeah. thought has just struck me so much about how it's just, you know, some basic things that are ordinary things that, Anyone else who doesn't, who isn't attached to it, who isn't in the know with what the experiences you've gone through, it's fine. But if you have that almost ritual meal, that's sort of a thing that the family has or a special tradition that you and a close friend have or whatever, it's that thing that binds you together. And it's a special thing because it isn't the practical things. It's all of the emotion and memory and history and all of that that goes that goes into it and not all, you know, we're not talking about jumping up and down laughter giggles memories either. I mean, this was, you know, we were going up there that summer because my uncle had died and, you know, the barbecue comes out at the holidays when we were much younger, it was coming out at folks graduation from high school or whatever. And of course at weddings for the rehearsal dinners and things like that, as well as the, the funerals and the, you know, after the services and people going over to folks houses and, you know, uh, so anyway, I, I just, it's just something that's always about that that's really touched me. And I think it's, it's kind of an insightful thing that um, the things that are special aren't, you know, aren't things, but the, the memories and all that come along with them, even the good and the bad, if you want to call it that, the tough and the, and the fun. <clears throat> Becky? Yes. <laughs> um... You want to go ahead? I wasn't sure if you were going to ask me a question or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, just gonna riff, I, I, was just, I, I, I was just sitting here when Mark was talking, thinking about, you know, memories. And, and we all have good memories and we all have, you know, sometimes not so good, like Mark said. And, and I think a, a lot of it is how we perceive those memories and how we cope with them or deal with them um you know yeah we might have some great memories and so that's going to really put us in a in a good mood and and you know celebratory mood but then there's other memories that um you know I was just talking to a friend yesterday and and her mother had passed away on Christmas day so she was telling me you know Christmas is just not her holiday and and my response to her was, that's okay, because, you know, there's plenty of other holidays, and holidays don't have to be an actual true holiday. You can have a holiday that's just a, um, you know, May 1st, well, it's May Day, but, you know, it might be the day that everybody gets together and we just have a sloppy joe meal. Um, you know, so it doesn't have to be a traditional holiday, but, um, you know, I think memories are worth celebrating and we all have our own way of celebrating them. And, you know, I know, um, and I don't know if my mom's on here yet or not, but <laughs> we, we had some great memories with my dad and my dad's been gone eight years and, 
And she and I were just talking a couple of days ago that it doesn't seem like it's been eight years because the years roll by so fast. But, um, you know, I can remember some of my last memories with him. And, and so I, I think it's a matter of how we um, view them and how we look at them and how we actually treasure them. Yeah. Carla? Well, my traditions growing up is we would have a Christmas Eve party where my relatives would come and, you know, it was sort of a buffet sort of, and we'd have a grab bag where you everybody takes a number. And some of them were pretty humorous because, um, you know, sometimes the alcohol flowed more than it should have. And um, <laughs> there was a grass skirt going around and my uncle oh. bid on it or, you know, um, fought for it with the game and he got it and then he put it on and somebody took a picture of it. And the next year, a picture <laughs> of Uncle John and the grass skirt was in the grab bag. And, they <laughs> that. and my Uncle John was a Catholic and he had a little before midnight, he'd come over and he'd uh, he'd tap me on the shoulder and say, Carla, we're going to church. And I'd say, take me to the Catholic church. And I was Presbyterian, <laughs> so I, I got to experience Catholic church. And he'd go up for communion and he would say, um, he would say, you can't go with me, but I'll be back, you know. <laughs> and then I came back and he says, what, what? And I said, what, what's communion? He says, oh, um, well, you, you have the, the body and the blood of Christ. And so I come home and it's like, mom, Uncle John was eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood. You know, I didn't quite, <laughs> I was a little kid, I didn't get it. Uh -huh. but, um, and then the next day, we didn't have a Christmas dinner, but we went from house to house when the relatives lived early, you know, closer, and we would snack out on cheese and crackers and watch everybody <laughs> open gifts and, you know, things like that, um, and, uh, you know, look at each other's tree, just have a, an easy day, you know, and open, our, you know, that's all it was, and, you know, we go to church, but... Um, but now the traditions, when you're at home alone, and like my mother's been gone for three years, my father's been gone since 1983, my youngest brother's been gone, he died at 45, he went into a coma and slipped away from us, he's been gone since 98, my other brother's oh. in Alabama, and I didn't have any children, so for some reason I don't have any grandchildren, um, but... <laughs> Well, anyhow, so I didn't have any children or grandchildren so that these traditions don't work anymore. And so mm -hmm. I'm being forced being, you know, just sparky in me. You know, and by the way, I, I was joking with you, Anthony, before we went on, the first announcement that went out gave everybody's name and, and Hayes. Didn't say Carla Hayes or anything. I said, you <laughs> want Sparky Hayes or me? <laughs> and you said, if Sparky started talking, that'd be another show, you know, another subject <laughs> for a show if he started speaking English. But he's right here. So, but I'm um, going back to it. So I've had to sort of reinvent the holiday for myself. Um, I don't want to just let it go by and not do anything, but I, I acknowledge that when you're alone, you can't do the same things. Um, you know, so some of the things that I've instated is, of course, there's so many holiday specials on TV and radio, which I will um, partake of. And if I can't take the TV, I'll just watch those movies. Like I, I will, I will watch a Christmas story and let um, you know see Ralphie if he's going to shoot his eye out or not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do that. They have that on twenty four seven for or twenty four hours uh, on you know Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I will go to church. 
And one thing that I've promised myself, even if nobody invites me anywhere and I don't do anything, I'm not doing a lick of work. Um, you know, if it's a holiday, no work gets done. And if nobody invites me for dinner, I'm, I'm not going to cook in the kitchen just for me. I have a stove for Thanksgiving dinner waiting just in case. And, you know, but I may not have to use it. But if I do, I'll use it to celebrate another day. You know what I mean? So, um, so you know, what I've found that is the traditions, sometimes you have to remake them. But I, I still honor and cherish my past memories. I'll never forget them. And so... Um, one new thing that I have started, and this started long before even my mother passed and any of this awful stuff happened and I was alone and I'm going to keep it going, is I don't know about you guys, but I get depressed after the holidays are over. It's like mm -hmm. there's all this mm -hmm. hep and everything builds up. So I started having a 12th night of Christmas party the first Saturday in, and in January for my friends. And, you know, we play the Christmas music. We do our goofy grab bag game and everything. And I, you know, I've had as many as 25 friends here um, um, doing that. And then the pandemic came and it sort of shut us down. But I did it online. And what I did was I got um, the A lady to play a crackling fire in the fireplace. <laughs> I had I had a flash card of a Christmas tree propped up in front of the camera so that they thought I had a tree going there. And we just we you know, we all agreed to bring snacks around the table and we ate and we talked and I had games and everything. And that went for two years. And then last year came and um you know, um, the year before, one of my friends had moved away to Florida. Two of my other friends could not make it here anymore, but they joined virtually. And, you know, we all sort of agreed that it's nice to do this virtually now because um, because um, people can join us from out of state and people bring uh, friends. And so I'm going to do that again this year. You know, it'll be the first Saturday night of um, of January, and I I'm going to start doing that. So, so that's what I'm going to do. And and I don't have to clean the house. I don't have to cook. And it's a good thing because I had a plumbing fiasco. I had a a pipe that got a leak in it, and it leaked water in the basement. And they had to open the wall between my 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 living room and my kitchen. So it needs drywalled, and there so there's sort of a hole. But they filled it. You know, they they put it back together. But I'd have to do a lot to get this house into shape for a party. But if I did that. My friends that my friend that moved to North Carolina couldn't come. And some of my other friends that just can't, you know, drive that far. We don't have to worry about the snow or anything. They they they, they couldn't come. Some of them couldn't come. So I'm gonna do it again virtually. And I'm not apologizing for it. Well, I love this I, idea what you're talking about. I love that idea. Uh, too. Especially yeah. this business of the abruptness sometimes of, you know, when the holidays are over. I, I've often said to to my mom over the years, you know, the the worst day of the year for me is December 26th on some level. It's, and you can sort of like, okay, there's, it's the big letdown, right? You know, yeah, it's they, like they start like, playing Christmas music. Well, exactly. And, it, and, and it's bizarre since, you know, commercially speaking in this country, we start Christmas, I think about August 15th now or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, or whatever. And of course, now I have to say I'm a music freak. So of course I love all music and including I, I, even the cheesy Christmas music stuff. I'm all about the Sirius XM, all the channels for music. That's excellent. 
but there's a, a radio station down in Florida that's, uh, I mean, it's religiously affiliated, but they do an awesome mix of, frankly, pops, you know, Christmas stuff, along with maybe, let's say, either contemporary Christian or uh, more traditional uh, stuff. So it's an amazing mix. And their little tagline is, you know, it's music safe for little ears, right? They make a point of uh, catering a certain amount of their programming for little kids. So, I, you know, it's very family oriented, but cool stuff. But they start so early. And then I remember only the first time I discovered it, I don't know, this is six, seven years ago, Dan, I loved it. And then, you know, I was all excited, but I only had listened to it for a couple of days. I'd only come down a couple of days before Christmas. And I was looking forward to listening to it the day after Christmas. And it's like, no, it's back to this, you know, frankly, awful stuff. And it, it just, it's a real letdown sometimes. I love this idea of, you weren't giving it as advice necessarily, but it's kind of a cool tip of, you know, if you do get yourself wound up in the Christmas mood to find a way to, you know, build up slowly and maybe come down from it slowly or that's build some idea. transition back into real life. That's a, that's a cool idea. That's what I do. And, I'll, and if anybody is sad when the Christmas music goes away and you don't want to drag out all your CDs just yet, I want to tell you there's a wonderful station in Tyrone, Pennsylvania, WTRN, and they'll keep it going through New Year's. And mm -hmm. they, they give you Christmas traditions. They give you histories behind the Christmas songs. Every mm. night at six o'clock Eastern now, they're doing this thing called Christian uh, Christmas traditions. And it's like, it's narrated and they go through, you know, histories mm. of Christmas carols and poems and things like that. That's fun. And the best up. thing is, is it's, they don't play the same old few Christmas songs over and over again. They have yeah. a very wide playlist and you can listen online line, and uh, Lady A will play it. You know, just ask her to play, ask her to play WTRN. WTRN. That's, cool. That's a cool so plug. I'm going to do that. that. But yeah. you know, I, I have to do something because New Year's is depressing. New Year's Day, I'll have my pork and sauerkraut. But then it's like, <laughs> okay, we got to go back to school. Everything is just bleh, 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 you know. So I just say to myself, I'm going to keep it going. You know, I really am. And I think I think we start too early in the United States. And I think we end too early. It'd be mm -hmm. nice if they did yeah. it all through December and even, you know, through New Year's. And, and keep in mind, the 12th day of Christmas is not till January the 6th. And yep. in Spain, they don't even, they have um, in Calendaria, El Dia del, del Calendaria, and, and that's when they take down their Christmas decorations and they put the nativity scenes away. That's February 2nd. So, yeah, yeah. You know, course. sometimes yeah. we start too early and we end too early, but that's what I'll say. Yeah. You know, for me, before I, before I lost my sight, um, and I, we decorated here two years ago, um, going to Honduras, it, it, it was definitely, um, it, you know, it, it's been busy. Um, and we were planning on going, so we didn't decorate again this year, but I think now that the plans have shifted, we'll probably take a night next week and decorate, but I'm, I digress. Um, I always spent the second week weekend of June, um, of June of January, um, instead of having a tree trimming party during the Christmas season, I would have a tree untrimming party, um, the second weekend of January. And, you know, I would spend maybe three or four days, uh, early in December or right after Thanksgiving, putting the tree out. And, and I'm one of those holiday nuts. I had, you know, 17 moving figurines and, uh, you know, there wasn't a space in the house that wasn't touched by the holiday in, you know, some shape or fashion. And so I'd, I'd have a bunch of friends over and we'd pull out the Christmas music for, you know, the holiday music for one more 
one more night, wrap everything, you know, well and put it away the way it's supposed to be put away so that it was all ready for next year. Um, I'd always make a big, either big ziti or lasagna or stuffed shells or something, and everybody would bring a side dish or a dessert or alcohol, <laughs> especially alcohol. Um, you know, and and we'd have the un the untrimming party. Um, and I think I think that's a way, you know, January seems to be and maybe we'll do a part two of this in January. January seems to be the hardest month for a lot of people because of the letdown. And and so, you know, it's cold and it's, you know, it's back to school, it's back to work, it's back to the, you know, the grind with nothing really to look forward to until, you know, the weather starts getting warmer and the days start getting longer. So I think, you know, having a tradition in January is something awesome. Um, let me open it up to to uh, the hosts and the and the clubhouse folks if they want to join in and share a tradition that they're fond of. Okay, I can do that. All right. I have two. <laughs> First of all, <clears throat> I have, I have a Thanksgiving tradition I want to share, Ooh. and this started when I was just very little. We used to go to my grandma's house for Thanksgiving, and she actually wasn't even my grandma. She was just a lady that my mom and dad befriended, and um, she adopted us as grandkids, and we Aww. just thought of her as grandma. So we always went to her house for Thanksgiving, and she was very poor, didn't have much money at all. And what she had, she spent on us kids. There was six of us. and. So we would play bingo every year after dinner <laughs> and she would buy these little prizes, <laughs> you know, just Aww. little nickel candy bars or, you know, just things that she knew we would like. And so after she died, we continued that tradition and we still do it. We go to my sister Patty's house for Thanksgiving and, um, we designate a bingo caller and we all bring little dollar store prizes, you know, and it's just, it's just so stupid, but it's so fun. It's just so emotional and um, yeah. And then the second one is, this will be my fourth year for this tradition. I do an internet radio show on our state affiliate radio station. Yes, you do. VI radio. <laughs> And so I will be doing my Christmas Eve show at noon Eastern from noon to two. And so, like I said, this is my fourth one and it is a blast. It is a ton of fun to do that. So this year I'm going to be doing something totally different. I'm going to be including a lot of the songs that we're singing in karaoke. And I've asked everybody's permission to air them. So it's going to be really fun. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> and Gabriel's song is in the playlist. Ah. <laughs> we, we will definitely be listening. Um, he is very excited to, and honored to have been asked. And, and you made our, you made our, our day for, oh, for that. Oh, that's great. I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you know, you. we get emails every once in a while at Sunday Edition AC at Gmail, and we got one for this show. Keith, who I think is listening out on the A Lady, um, wrote in that he has, um, you know, since the pandemic, it has been very hard for 
for him to gather with friends and family. Um, and I, what Carla was talking about the long drive and, and the snowy weather and, and it's <laughs> in his words, it sometimes feels like it's more trouble than it's worth for a couple of hours. Um, and so starting the first year of the pandemic, he and a bunch of friends um, do a Christmas Eve trivial pursuit marathon. Um, and they, they take turns with which device they use, but they all get on Zoom and they activate the trivial pursuit on the A-Lady um, and they all play and they do that for a couple of hours and, and they often pause and get into memories and things. And I thought, wow, that that's great. I can't wait to highlight that on this show. Um, how about Nancy or Herbie? Either of, either of you want to jump in? All right. Well, there, there is also the idea of sitting out the holidays. And we, we talked a, a bit about this last year. And I want to revalidate folks out there that for whatever reason, maybe you lost someone, maybe, you know, this year you're just not in the spirit. It is really very okay to decide to sit the holidays out. Um, you know, if someone makes a point of saying happy holidays to you, I would hope that you would, instead of saying, I'm not doing holidays this year, give a polite happy holidays back. But, you know, it is, it's really okay to, you know, maybe you want to do a wrestling marathon and watch WWE all Christmas Eve. Um, or, you know, if you celebrate the Hanukkah tradition, instead of the eight nights of lighting a candle, you know, maybe it's eight nights of taking care of the recycling and, you know, shoveling the, the walk, but it is very okay to sit out the holidays and decide that this year, you know, it is not something that I want to partake in. And um, I wonder if Carla or Mark or Becky have any thoughts on actually sitting the holidays out. I do. Uh, for me, I don't think it would work. But on the other hand, you know, Sly and the, the family stone had a word of wisdom. It's amazing that the words of wisdom one can glean from popular music, but different strokes from different folks. Remember, um, I love, you know, everyday people. That's one thing that yeah. stuck in my head. Um, and, you know, if you if you don't want to sit out the whole thing, you can even sit out part of it. I feel guilty about it, but I'm not doing cards. I find cards very depressing, so I'm not doing it. And I and I've always told people, if you see me, Merry Christmas, because I only do cards for people I can't, um, you know, contact other ways. But this year, I'm not even doing that. And I haven't for a couple of years. I honestly hope I do um, resurrect the tradition because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm missing something, um, but I'm, I'm not missing the drudgery of doing them and the depression of sitting down and trying to write a, a cheery letter when I've. I've been battling depression and missing my folks and missing things and missing people. You know what I'm trying to say? But if you want a, a humorous look at, uh, I just want to share this. And I know this isn't probably what you're looking for, but I'm going to share it anyhow. If you want a humorous look of what's uh, how sitting out the holidays could get out of hand, I, I, I would recommend that you read the book Skipping Christmas by uh, John Grisham 
and then watch the movie that is based on that book, Christmas with the Cranks. And yes, it is described. And it's about a family that a man that decides he and his wife decide to um, they have this big Christmas party every year. And they put the whole neighborhood puts these frosties, these lighted frosties on the roof. And they have these big, you know, all this big, you know, to, to do. And he was an accountant. And meanwhile, his daughter, his only child, went to a mission trip in South America. And so they decide to skip Christmas and to just go on a cruise. And it's about how the whole thing backfires. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is hilarious. I just want you to, so it's Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. And then the movie is Christmas with the Cranks. And I highly recommend that you all do it, uh, you know, watch it and read it. It I read it every year and I watch that movie every year. I have to visit with that neighborhood because it's that funny. So, um, but I just want to say it is okay. Don't be hard on people or if you, and don't be hard on yourself if it's just too painful this year or if you just can't muster the spirit or, um, you know, and you can, you can do it in full or you can um, enjoy the parts of it that you do enjoy and sit out the rest or um, you can make it whenever you want to make it. You know, what's wrong with Christmas in July? Or maybe Christmas in the middle of winter and um, have some sort of a something for somebody then. So that's what I'm going to say. You know, um, so first off, thank you for giving me a Christmas gift. I've read every single John Grisham novel except for that. And I did not know. I've seen Christmas with the Cranks. Love that movie. I did not know that that came from Skipping Christmas. Me, yeah, so, me neither. Who, who knew that a lawyer a a, who, who knew that a lawyer <laughs> author could actually have a sense of humor that's that's a pretty cool thing <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's fun um, but we I worked at the um LGBTQ center in Manhattan for many years as a volunteer and um Pride month is in June which is six months you know away from the holiday season and a lot of you know I worked with the at-risk youth um and a lot of those kids, for various reasons, um, no longer had family uh, that they could have traditions with, that they could share holidays with. And so um, we did a rainbow Christmas every um, June 24th, uh, June 25th um, at the center. And, you know, it was sort of a, a replacement Christmas and anti-Christmas. Um, but, you know, we would throw up rainbow decorations and play festive, you know, pop music and, and make it as fun as, as could be. And there was a small gift exchange, um, you know, back in the day, and, and this is dating myself, but back in the day, you know, we would cap it at $10. You know, you couldn't spend more than $10 um, for a present, but, you know, it everybody had something to, to unwrap and there was food. And, and so I, I love that idea of, of, you know, taking, taking your holiday whenever you feel like taking it. Um, Mark, Becky, you guys want to chime in here at all? Go ahead, Becky. Well, it's just kind of, you know, again, like I said earlier, it, it's okay. And, you know, we all have our own way. And some of us don't even have, um, and I'm not referring to myself, but there may some be some people that don't celebrate Christmas. You know, maybe they have a different holiday or a different, um, faith or belief and and I guess my thing is is I want people to know that you know just because I have my belief doesn't mean that you can't have yours and 
you know, I say do whatever is comfortable to you and do what makes you happy because that truly is what to me the holidays are is 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 feeling happy, feeling, you know, okay, accepted. And maybe December 25th is not your day and that's okay. Um, just like Anthony said, if somebody says, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever, at least try to respond instead of being the bah humbug person. Um, and I have to admit, I've been that person in the past, you know, just, it's just another day, you know, and, and part of that is, is, is my father, I, I love him dearly and miss him dearly, but that was his um saying no matter if it was birthday Christmas you know it's just another day and I find myself and I know my sister does we find ourselves saying the same thing but we have to remember that it is not just another day for other people so I say do what you feel is right and who cares what your neighbor says or what your friend says you know you yeah. have to be you have to take care of you and you have to live your life the way that is best for you at this point in time. Mark, any it's thoughts? A, it's a real balancing act on trying to, and, and, and no one can tell you, I mean, only you know what's best for you, but only you know what's best for you if you are healthy to make that decision. So, that's a real that's a that's a tough reality to accept because then you have to ask the question what do you mean Are, who, who's going to tell me that i'm not healthy enough to make my own decisions and i mean that's an art not a science and all of that but i'll give you one illustration of exactly what i'm talking about so in i think it was november 30th uh 2017 2017 as i think about it was not a very happy year um and uh so I was coming back, uh, was living in an apartment building above a little small mall there. And they had a little food court, a little subway sub shop there. Grabbed my little subway roast beef, six foot, six, six foot. That's hilarious. Six inch long sub. Maybe that's why I fell because it was six foot long. <laughs> but anyway, I had this nasty slip and fall and, and, and it really wasn't my fault. Um, but uh, I'll spare you the details, but it was such a nasty slip and fall that I ended up breaking my right ankle and I tore the oh. ACL in my right knee. So you, know, you had to wait for the uh, ankle to heal first before uh, they could do any surgery on the right knee. And they definitely needed to do that because I had zero stability uh, for getting around um, based on how things were. And the ankle break was you know, not so bad that it couldn't heal naturally. So it wasn't surgery needed. The long and the short of all that is I was basically wandering around with a, a walker and trying to wander around with a walker and a cane when you want to get out of your apartment uh, is uh, not easy. So, but for those first, you know, that first month, whatever, I mean, it was such a chore and obviously super uncomfortable and everything else to get out of the apartment at all. And, you know, again, I was living by myself and my uh, dear sweet mama's down in Orlando. So, of course, we canceled the plans. She hates the cold. Uh, you know, her, the love of her only child is not enough to make her endure <laughs> 30 degree or lower temperatures. Uh, so, you know where I stand, uh, I guess. But in any case, 
I remember laying there in the bed on Christmas Eve night, you know, 12 o'clock, 1230 in the morning. And uh, I will not too ashamed to admit that there are a couple of tears that rolled by, not so much feeling sorry for myself, though, of course, there was a little bit of that. But there is nothing quite like you feeling like you're stuck, that there's nobody else around. Uh, and while you're there in isolation, the world is hanging out together and on arguably the happiest, most magical night of the year, and there you are. Um, and again, I don't want to say it was a good experience for me, uh, but I do think it was an experience now looking at it from this end that definitely ended up giving me a heck of a lot more compassion um, for people who aren't spoiled people who get such an injury because they're living in a decent place and have all these things and frankly going to get out of it fairly soon. But people, especially older folk who don't have anybody left and um, are by themselves. So, you know, one of the things that a friend of mine said to me when uh, just recently, when she was talking about the fact that her family was all the way and you know, she goes through her own issues that she makes that for her, that the, 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 since she's by herself, it's getting out and not worrying about the celebratory aspects of the holidays, but that those are the times where she, Anthony, kind of like you volunteering at the shelter or volunteering with another cause, getting out and as tough as those uh, contexts may be, that there's something about that encounter uh, that maybe doesn't make the holiday, you know, tinsely and sugar cookie like, but it does rescue it from a sense of my own isolation into giving and focusing on other people. You know, that's a perfect segue. Um, I experienced some of the Friendsgiving this year and um, some amazing moments. You know, the the lady calling in from Russia, I, I thought was amazing, but. <clears throat> I, I guess having come out of the, the heart of the pandemic, we, we know COVID's going to be with us for, you know, in perpetuity at this point, but coming out of the space where we're all locked away, you know, mm. and we're all scared to hug and, you know, who was doing elbow bumps and who was saying, nope, nope, don't come more than two feet close. You know, this is a virtual handshake. Um, I, I guess my brain sort of convinced itself that, you know, we were fully out of it and the, and the world was back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, but there were some moments during that Friendsgiving that reminded me that it, that is not the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, you know, often on this show, we'll do a, a call to action, um, you know, where I, I ask listeners to think of something and, and, you know, maybe take some action on something. And this year, you know, uh, Carla mentioned Jesse's mental health calls, which I think are fabulous for the community. There's many, many, many offerings out there. You know, pick a day and almost like throw a dart at the day and, and you can find something great to experience in the community. But a lot of a lot of the other side also happens in the community. And so I'd like to challenge folks that are having a good holiday season that are happy and having, you know, having the celebrations that they want and being able to spread the joy in whichever way, maybe it's giving a young person, you know, one of the youngest members of the family a present or, you know, making those, my, I used to call them sticky balls, the, 
the um, honey-covered um, with the sprinkles on them holiday balls. But, um, you know, if you're having a good holiday season, reach out to someone and maybe not necessarily to say, hey, I want to brighten your holiday season, but hey, I was thinking of you. How are you? Let's have a talk. You want to get on the phone for 10 minutes? Let's catch up. Reach out to folks. You know, you see it on your social medias. We hear it in some of the community calls. When you encounter someone, and even if you don't know them and you feel like reaching out, we have this wonderful program where the uh, they call themselves the awesome individuals, the AIs, um, behind them, that's Cindy and Natalie, behind the community. Um, I just recently did this, and this person is on the call. I, I wanted somebody for Sunday edition that I didn't have contact information for. So I sent a note via community and said, please pass this along. Um, but I challenge I challenge folks that are having a good holiday season to reach out to someone and just just be that person that, that says, you know what? I have so much joy this year that I want to share it with someone random, anyone that, you know, maybe it's a voice that you hear on the daily, you know, the daily call at 9 a.m. or on one of the community calls, or maybe it's, that person in your building that no one really ever says hello to. Um, we were talking on the daily call a couple of days ago and I don't know why this memory popped into my head, but I, I used to make Christmas cards and I, I, in junior high for the three years, I was blessed to have a teacher that thought I was just, the, you know, I was the icing on the cake, man. Um, and so I would make these holiday cards for, for kids that, that I didn't think were having a great Christmas season and um, we would sneak them into the little vents in the locker. We would sneak them in during class. Um, and they were anonymous, just a, a, a wish, a happy a happy holiday wish to folks. And I haven't done something like that in, in, since I lost my sight. And I'm vowing next year, I don't know what form it'll take, but next year I, I, I want to go back to the holiday surprise. I want to reach out to... And so I challenge Sunday edition listeners to to do the same and, and reach out. That's that's great. I, I that for some reason your story, Anthony, or that that idea triggered this memory. So I think it was nineteen eighty six and we were all up in Chicago for the Christmas season, which we hardly ever did. I think that's frankly the last time my mother did see snow. Uh and maybe that's <laughs> what cured her of the idea. But we were there at Christmas Eve services at my aunt and uncle's church, and the three cousins were with us. My youngest cousin, I was in high school. He's about four or five years older than me. He uh, was, and up until a few years ago when he retired, has made a life career out of being a paramedic and emergency person. So he had told the the pastor that you know he was on call and whatever and all that. So it wasn't necessarily a surprise to the pastor. But there we all are, and you know, the candles are in your hand and you're singing Silent Night. And there's my cousin, John, who was sitting, we were sitting forward. He was sitting in the back row in case he got called out and the radio goes off. And so, of course, he made a mad dash out because he didn't want to disturb the service. But it was, people agreed afterwards, right? Like, there you are at what you think is, oh, we come for this part of the service, for this beautiful thing and we're holding the candles and what a great precious moment. And in the middle of it, there's this sound that reminds you that while you're there doing that, there's a real world out there and that real world yeah. doesn't stop. And there are people like that, like my dear sweet cousin, uh, who are amazing little miracles in themselves who go out and help other people. 
but you don't have to be an emergency person to do that, that you can be that person who drops everything and, and frankly gives up your moment. Uh, or if you uh, eschew those moments, because frankly, it's difficult for you uh, in the moment to be in a service like that, or, a, you know, an emotionally rich or rocky uh, context, it's, it's you who can provide those, 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 those emergency interventions. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking to myself, there are so many service delivery providers now. Um, maybe, maybe what I'll do next year is, is fill little bags with, with Christmas, you know, with holiday candy um, pre-wrapped so that, you know, nobody worries about being poisoned, but, um, you know, maybe when I'm waiting for all of those deliveries for presents that I want to give out and, and I always buy myself a Christmas present, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, I like giving presents and I like giving presents to myself. <laughs> I digress as I'm known to do. Um, I think maybe I'll fill little, little candy bags and, you know, with a little note, I'll, I'll use Ira to help me make sure that the feminine ship looks, you know, legible enough to leave out on the ledge and say, you know, happy holidays, please take um, yeah. to our to our delivery folks. You know what? I'm going to ask the audience that wants to participate to start getting those hands up. But before we go to the audience, um, let's do a round robin of our favorite holiday, either music or prayer or poem. Um, and let's go backwards this time. Carla, what is your favorite holiday song or poem or or traditional you know, reading. Wow, there's so many. Um, <laughs> when I was thinking about my favorite secular song is Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Don't ask <laughs> me. I love that it's that melody. I love the sentiment. And the Dean Martin version reminds me of Sparky. <laughs> Don't ask me why. It reminds me of Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite um, religious one would have to be um, the little town of Bethlehem. Oh yeah. Um, sung on Christmas Eve. It just yeah. it just captures Christmas Eve. That and it came upon a midnight clear, and we did oh, that yeah. church today. And poem I like one solitary man. That really yes. captures. It's not necessarily Christmas, but it captures Jesus Christ and the reason for the season. And one thing I am going to say, if you decide to skip Christmas this year, uh, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, we if you if you bring it back to the you know, if you if you're a Christian, you bring it back to um, to Jesus. Um, if you decide that right now isn't the time, you know, it's just arbitrary that we celebrate Jesus birth on Christmas. He probably yeah. wasn't born at this time at exactly all, right. it's probably either exactly. the spring or the fall. So yeah. it's whenever, if if you feel bad about skipping it now, or you don't feel up to the Hanukkah right now, you can you can do it at any time. But especially with the birth of Christ, you can actually justify it because it's very unlikely that his birthday was um, December the 25th. So I just want to leave that with you. Absolutely. Becca? Um, I don't really have a poem or a specific song. I do, um, there was a story that my parents um, instilled with us kids when we were younger, and it was a, it was a little book, and it was a story of Santa Mouse, and I don't mm -hmm. know if people know who Santa Mouse was, but 
Um, that was one of the, I guess, traditions, I guess, as well, that um, my family did is Santa Mouse always came at Christmas time when we were growing up. And, and we're still trying to do that with the little ones. But um, Santa Mouse is the little person that got into the tree and left a little present on the tree. Mm-hmm. And it was always wrapped in a yellow ribbon. Um, and so that's that's something that um, I treasure is the story. And I know um, when, when uh, Iowa had the floods of 08 and all that kind of stuff, we, we ended up losing some of those books. And it took us a while to find them again. But um, that's something that I usually... Um, this year, I probably won't dig it out, but usually I'll dig it out and read it. And, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the little people. It can be, you know, the next door neighbor or like you said, Anthony, the delivery people. Um, so that's one of the things that I, I treasure. And then as far as a song, the only thing that can come to my head, because there's too many good ones, but one that has <laughs> always... Um, stuck with me and I hope I'm remembering the name of it but it's sung by Randy Travis and it's called There's a New Kid in Town yes um, and it's an awesome song and and so that's something that I in my head I was just thinking oh yeah and the words just started coming back to my head so it's like okay don't sing it but just say it so <laughs> um, so those are two things that I'd like to share on that how about you Mark Oh, thanks for asking a tough question about songs. I, I, I'm such a music maniac. Um, popular songs, probably Silver Bells. And the reason why, you know, sung by, sung by none other than Doris Day. Uh, because I think it was my mom's uh, favorite song. And, you know, she, she was, she was, she could play piano. And I have these memories of her playing uh, that she had a, you know, Christmas whatever songbook thing and that was her favorite and she told me about that I said well, well mom you know why is it your favorite she said, well I don't know it just reminds me of when I was you know 18 and you know, I grew up in small town Chicago and I went to downtown Chicago and got my first job and so anyway I think it's a sentimental thing about thinking about my mom you know being a young woman who from the small town but in the big city and tooling around and it just kind of suits her. So of course, you know, that's a, that's a personal uh, family memory. And I mean, religious songs, it could be, gosh, too many. I mean, We Three Kings, right? Love that. There's a, uh, oh gosh, um, What Child Is This? I mean, that's an amazing tune. And Carla, I'm with you. Um, I uh, had never heard, I don't know, for a while, I don't know, I always heard sort of the short version of that what child is this sung to the tune of green sleeves. And of course there's a gazillion verses to that, which nobody really sings. And one of the verses of the song is something about you're singing about little baby Jesus. And then the, the, the words are nails, spear shall pierce him through the cross. He bore for me, for you. I mean, there you are singing this and realizing in the midst of what is, you know, tinsel and happiness and, and, and rightfully so that, I mean, there's another side, right? And it's everything we've just been talking about, about yeah. you, you got to take the the tough in life with the beauty of it. And sometimes it sucks to become an adult, man, because 
you get to yeah. see that side of it. Anyway, so I don't mean to be so melodramatic. I don't know that I have a poem, but I'll wrap it up by saying I love different holiday scents. So every time about this time of the year, it's the holiday Bayberry candle from Yankee Candle. Talk about rank commercialism, but I love it. Or any kind <laughs> of uh, pine, you know, pine or uh, Fraser fir scented stuff around the apartment. This is coming from a Southern Florida boy, you know, at the, who grew up there. You don't have a lot of, a lot of evergreens growing in, uh, in, in Fort Lauderdale, but, um, <laughs> but boy, you love it. There's just something about that scent that just really it can, it can transfigure the moment. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's no secret. I've shared this many times. My, my mom's birthday was Christmas Eve and, and my dad instilled it in, you know, it was me and my sister, um, that we needed to, we needed to do, make it special. Um, there needed mm -hmm. to be separate mom's mm -hmm. birthday, you know, early, like three o'clock in the afternoon. And he would take, you know, he would come home from work early and, um, you know, on those rare occasions, <laughs> um, in New York, I was, I was talking about this on another call. We actually would go to, if, if, um, December 24th was on a Wednesday, you know, we would go to school. That would be the last day of school. Um, yeah. when I was in elementary and junior high school, and so, you know, once we got through the door, it was transitioned to mom's birthday party. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, my mom's favorite Christmas song is also is also mine. Um, and it's hands down. Oh, holy night. Mm. Um, there is there's there's something just about the beauty and the majesty. There are some very <clears throat> uh, simple arrangements, a guitar, a piano. And then, of course, there's my absolute favorite version of it, the Celine Dion version, which You'll hear my karaoke version of that week four. Um, oh, wow. But I want to shout out because um, I, I must have heard it at points in my life and, and not paid attention to it. I want to shout out Abby from the community. Um, she did an amazing version of Breath of Heaven. And I, mm. I really listened to the words last night. And you know, it's Mary's burden and, and Mary, you know, why, why, why was I chosen and why, you know, and I thought, yes, you know, the burden, you know, the understanding of, of carrying Jesus and, and being, you know, everyone's, she became everyone's mother. She's, she's all of our mothers um, in that way, but why her? Uh, and that can be, that can be translated to, you know, why Becca with the arm? Why you a couple of years ago with the ankle? You know, why why are burdens placed on us and, and who do we become because of them? Um, and so, Abby, if you happen to be listening, I, I just thought it was absolutely gorgeous, your rendition of it last night. Um, and I'm just going to throw one other little um, years ago when I was a very young man and, and my sister had a, a child very young of age. Um, I discovered a cute little story. It's called Olive the Other Reindeer. And um, it's about a little dog who hears a calling from Santa and believes that she, her name is Olive. Um, and so when she hears all of the other reindeer, she thinks it's Olive and she's being called to help Santa. And it is the cutest story. Oh my God, very that is more. so cute. That is it so is. cute. It's a book. It's amazing. And Drew Barrymore made it into a cartoon. So, you know, there is a, a holiday special out there somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I'm going to find it now that we're going to be home this year. Um, and I'm going to re-experience all of the other reindeer. Oh, so before we take our hands, um, 
Nancy Lucy, if you want to jump in with favorite Christmas songs, poems. Sure, why not? I <laughs> my favorite uh sacred song is Silent Night. I've always loved the melody of it. It's just such a beautiful, gentle piece. I've always loved that. My favorite secular song is a song that's not well known. Um, it's from the 50s by Santa Claus and his helpers. It's called Santa's Laughing Song. And Apple mm. has now acquired a nice, beautiful three-album 50s Christmas set that is wonderfully fabulous. Oh, wow. There's some rare stuff on it, and it's got that on it. So finally, Very Apple cool. got it. Yeah, I was really, but it's really, it's really a magical song about Santa who goes down your chimney and leaves a laughing song on the Christmas tree, and everything and everyone <laughs> goes around the house and dances quietly, and it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So, I'm gonna have to search that out. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Let me know what you think. All right, well, Lucy, you want to jump in here? Oh, you bet. <laughs> 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 okay, well. My all-time favorite secular song would have to be the Christmas song by the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh God! I, yes. I, oh, I, you're kidding! I love oh, it. Wow. I'm not kidding. I love it. <laughs> and um, Darcy Bernard did a version of it uh, yeah. last week on karaoke that he did all by oh, him. Wow. I mean, it was like totally cool. He really um, did a good job of mimicking the chipmunk voices and uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna play that on my radio show um let's see religious song i would say the first noel i love that song oh, oh. and favorite christmas story oh man polar express <laughs> oh that's it. great <laughs> you know i have it. to throw a runner up um and this is a shout out to my people dominic the donkey if you've never heard it ask you know oh, that's hilarious you use um you know yeah yeah that is it was a staple in both sides of my family in the households where you know a lot of italians obviously <laughs> dominic <laughs> the donkey it's a cute little song you gotta find all of the other reindeer it is so cute it is that's, way oh, cute Yes. And uh, one more thing, when you, uh, sure. somebody, Anthony, you were saying your mother's birthday was Christmas Eve. My mom and dad's wedding anniversary was Christmas Eve. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. They got married during World War II. And uh, wow. so they just got married when they could. So. Wow. Wow. Oh, well, that sounds like a whole story could be told about that right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, all right, Nancy, let's uh, let's start inviting our listeners in. Um, you can share a tradition, a song that you're sitting out about. What, this, this is your show, so please feel free to come up and share some holiday magic with us. Got a couple of hands up here. Calandra. Hi, Calandra. Yes. Hello, can you hear me? We can, hello. Um, you said the holiday, the holiday tradition? Or whatever you want to share. You want to share your favorite holiday traditions? Well, it would it would take a lot to get into, but when my mom uh we have this tradition where we get up on Christmas morning and according to if my sister ever comes over, her dogs or whatever. We would have Christmas afternoon, and then we 
we would front, we would eat first or something like that, and then open the gifts and stuff like that. And we would have family time or whatever. But I know that you asked what our favorite songs were. Yes, um, I have a lot of them. But <laughs> give us your top three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are my top three? Oh, it's hard to choose three without choosing one more. Um, Jingo Bells is my favorite. Silent Night. And what child is this? Mm. Are we going to hear I love you? The melody. <laughs> are we going to hear you sing one of these for holiday karaoke? Oh, if I could ever get around to it, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing, Calandra. Happy, happy holidays. You're welcome. Who's next, Nancy? All right, Alice. Happy holidays, everyone. And thank you for letting me share today I uh, a, a novel that I especially like is Silver Bells, A Holiday Tale. And you do need the subtitle with it to get the right book from Bard, Silver Bells, A Holiday Tale by Luann Rice, L-U-A-N-N-E, and then Rice, R-I-C-E. And uh, it, it's a, a lovely holiday story that I think most people would enjoy. And it is set in New York City and Chelsea and, and so forth. Um, and another children's book, but I think this book is really more for adults, but it is a children's book by Eve Bunting, a very famous children's author who uh, passed away this October 1st. And coincidentally, uh, she released this book on October 1st of 1997, and it's simply called December. But it is a lovely, very touching story that has so much deep meaning to it about homeless people. And if you read this 12-minute story from Bard, you will never think again uh, in the same way about holiday Christmas cookies and so many other things as well. There's an angel involved, and I just highly recommend that book by Eve Bunting, B-U-N-T-I-N-G. But from your earlier conversation, I really chimed in to share how we in 1997 changed a blue Christmas to a gold Christmas. 97 was an extraordinary year for me. Something happened each month, but I'll get to the end of it and the Christmas part of it. Uh, my dad passed away on December 1st of that year, and he was an extraordinary man. And uh, the, the world's best father that I could have ever hoped for, prayed for. And yeah. on December 15th, my first guide dog, my golden retriever, Keller, died of cancer. So oh. they died exactly two weeks apart. And we, we were from different places. My sister and her family went, of course, back to Indiana. And I, here in Wisconsin, went back to Indiana. And there we were. And my sister had, at that time, two young boys. And her husband came also, of course. 
Well, by the time Christmas rolled around and we were dealing with these two extreme losses and, you know, what to do about Christmas and especially having the two very young teenaged boys there and so forth at my parents' home. And so uh, didn't know what to do about the Christmas tree. Well, I, as I said, my guide dog was a golden retriever. And when my sister and I were at the hospital in Indiana, when my dad had passed away, I at that time had just a little bit of, of uh, light perception left. And my sister is normally sighted. Only later did we share that we both saw a gold aura around my dad. Mm. And so for Christmas, I told my sister, no, we've got to have Christmas. We've these two young boys, I said, we've got to keep Christmas. We did not put up the six foot artificial tree like we normally would, but I I said, we're putting up that white Christmas tree. We put the four foot tree atop the desk in the living room and I decorated it all with gold. I used gold balls instead of all the sentimental various types of ornaments. I only used gold ornaments, gold garland, put a gold angel on top and gold lights. And wow. that was in honor of my dad and in honor of my golden retriever. And it was also keeping Christmas that was always so important to my family and to me. And it made it a way, and this won't work for everybody, and I realize that, but it gave us a way to make that bridge. And, and I, that's what I wish for everyone, to find some way that you can keep Christmas and turn that blue Christmas into a gold one. That is the most extraordinary, exquisite thing I've heard in a long time. And what I love about what you just said is it's exactly what what Becky has been uh, saying for a good long while now. And hers and yours advice is precious, which is the holidays do not own you. You own it. It's the holidays are yours to make of what you will, whatever that is, including saying no to it for now. Or transforming it. And what I love of what you're talking about is, you know, rather than feeling bound by what is everybody else doing, or even what you all used to do, that you all, yeah. you, it was your decision to make this. And you know what? Yeah, it's painful. Those other things that were there, those, 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 as you call it, the sentimental ornaments, absolutely, they will be there, or they can be there in the future. But for this time, with everything that we've gone through, we're making this holiday what we need to make it. And, you know, sometimes I think, and this is true in ACB, it's true in other organizations. I volunteer for an organization that is absolutely obsessed with history and tradition, and we're going to do it the way that people did it 40 years ago. I mean, it's just another illustration of so long as you are owned and bound by other people, other things, you don't have freedom. And, and for those of us who go through tough spots, I mean, needing the freedom to do what we need to do, um, including being creative with something or even saying, I'm putting it on hold or I'm putting it on ice <laughs> for now is so key. And anyway, that's a beautiful story. I know it was a tough year 
for you and we can hear it in your voice, but wow. Um, good for you. That's going to stay with me for a long time. Me too. I, 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 I'm so thankful that people feel the safe space to share here in, in manner like that. Alice, thank you so much for that. And I, I just want to echo what Mark said. I, I do believe if you have the energy to try to transform then try to transform. And and again, as, as we've been saying, if this is your year to sit out, that is perfectly fine too. But don't do it alone. There's plenty of community here in ACB and there's yeah, plenty exactly. of community in our home, you know, in our areas, whether it be churches or synagogues or, you know, going to volunteer to serve dinner at one of the shelters. Don't don't keep yourself completely alone. Reach out somewhere somehow. And and again, I call to action our Sunday edition listeners. If you're feeling joyful this year, please reach out to someone or multiple someone's and and spread that joy around a little bit. Nancy, who's up next? All right, we don't have any hands in Zoom, but Lucy, do we have anybody in Clubhouse? You know, we did have someone, but she left. So. We have some people here, but they're not raising their hands. <laughs> ah, come on, Clubhouse, join us. I know, yeah. That's because they're all, they can't raise their hands because they're all wiping sentimental, <laughs> happy, touched tears from their eyes from that last story, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Lucy on the spot. Lucy, what is your most, like your standout holiday memory? Um... Well, when we were little, we used to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve because my parents went to midnight mass and my grandma, the one that I was telling you about, she used to come and stay with us kids Christmas Eve. So, <clears throat> so we were so into Santa Claus that we figured because my mom told us that he had to choose sometimes to come to some houses Christmas Eve, and ours was one of them. So every year at about four o'clock in the afternoon Christmas Eve, my dad would say, so how would you girls like to go downtown and get a soda? And we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't get stuff like that very often. So we're like, yeah, man. So We'd say, Mom, do you want to go? No, I better stay here and cook dinner. So she never, never would go. Well, <laughs> we would get home and she'd say, guess what? Santa Claus was here. You just missed him. And we're all like, oh, no, no. But we, you know, for years, we, we bought that whole story. I mean, it was like, it was so cool. And then even when my sisters got older and I was still little, they kept it going because they wanted me to keep believing. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I actually shared this recently. Um, you know, after the mom celebration on Christmas Eve, we'd all have to get ready, put on our sweaters or, you know, button down shirts and <laughs> we'd all pile into the car and every single now fighting between my parents was a normal thing. <laughs> Uh, and so every single year we'd be piled in the car and we'd be ready to pull out of the driveway. And my dad would have forgotten the wallet, the bottle of wine. One year it was his keys. And it never occurred to me at seven or eight, whatever year that was. Well, how did he get back in the house if he forgot his keys? 
And of course it took him forever to find whatever item it was that he had forgotten. And, you know, midnight, <laughs> one thirty, you know, two o'clock in the morning when we came home, there were all the presents under the tree, um, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and Santa had come while we were gone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big one for me. How about you, Mark? I love that story. So kids can be so, so pleasingly gullible, you know, it's, yes. just, it's just so amazing. <laughs> yes. So I, my, my dad was a bit of a prankster. I mean, my mom enjoyed a laugh, but she was never, didn't have a, she, she's not the one with the sense of humor. Uh, my dear sweet papa is the one who I might get some of mine from. And, uh, oh yeah. But, you know, so we'd be in the car on the way to the 10 o'clock candle thing, you know, at the good old Lutheran church. And, uh, Next thing you know, it's like, oh, I forgot, you know, whatever. I tur- I left the left the lights on, or I left the and boy, he'd be gone for a long time, you know. And then you wonder what it's all about. And next thing you know, you come home and and the uh, the plastic. This is Southern Florida, mind you. The plastic light up, disgusting, gaudy, cheesy snowman in the you know front lawn would then be on the shag carpeting in the in the in the fam- in the Florida room with a blanket over him, like he was cold, you know, sleeping there by the Christmas tree. And yes, there would be the presents there. And well, of course, Santa was there. Now, when you're in Southern Florida, of course, there's no chimneys to come down, but somehow Santa knows how to get through sliding glass doors, you know, because Southern Florida, you have to adapt to the architectural mm-hmm. obstacles in the way. But yes, but My dad know, there told you... us he came through the oven because <laughs> we didn't have a fireplace <laughs> either. That's hilarious. I mean, you know, it's like you can tell them anything, you know, and you, when you're three years old, man, you, you just you just eat it up. So it's just, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, and it's fun to have people who kind of toy with you like that in its, in its own way. Absolutely. How about you, Carla? No, I don't think I have an outstanding memory of the holidays because I have so many good memories and I'm going to share with you sort of a bad memory that went good <laughs> later later in my life. I have a, a brother, uh, my older brother. He's still alive now. And it was Christmas Eve, and I didn't want to go to bed. And so, and my parents had company. You know, they wanted, they said, well, if you don't go to bed, Santa Claus isn't going to come. <laughs> So uh, um, my my dad made the mistake of saying, oh, Tom, go take Carla to her bedroom and tell her a Christmas story. Uh-oh. So he took me into the bedroom and he told me this awful version of the night before Christmas. <laughs> Santa Claus comes down the chimney and we still have a fire in the chimney. Oh, so my Santa, God. Santa catches on fire. His pants catch on fire and he gets jumps <laughs> off the roof and he gets injured. And he says, well, Santa's not coming. That's what happened. I told dad we shouldn't have a fire in the chimney. And, you know, so it was yeah. a really awful story. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fast forward to when I'm an adult and I'm working at a radio station. Okay, I've worked at a radio station for a few years. Ah. One year I use, and every year I do children's holiday specials. And I wrote this story called The Night Before, The Night Before Christmas. And I did it in rhyme, just like The Night Before Christmas. And what happens is Santa Claus comes a night before, you know, his, he gets all screwed up and he comes the night before and <laughs> there's fire in the, in the chimney and he goes into the chimney, just like Tom says, and then he jumps out and he gets, and um, he has all these problems because he comes a night too soon. 
and they find out at the end of the year or at the end of the evening that he had a wrong calendar. He had pulled out the wrong calendar. <laughs> and I tried to get this thing published. You know, it was broadcast on the radio station and everything. And I sent it away because there was a guy that, you know, he did children's story. And he says, oh, this will never do because Santa Claus doesn't make mistakes. You know, so this <laughs> would never sell. And I and my mother says, she used to always say, when you make mistakes, that's why they put erasers on pencils. And I disagreed. <laughs> I made him human. And, you know, thanks to Tom. And, 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 and you know, Tom would also tell me, we, we better not move to Florida because Santa Claus can't come to Florida. There's no snow, no sleigh or anything. And so that's how my karaoke that I did, Southern Jingle Bells, was, um, was born from another one of Tom's. Um, you know, terrible Bahambagas stories. Um, and um, so Santa Claus comes in an air-conditioned van instead. And Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers. I think I performed it at an FIA um, showcase in the middle of July sometime. I, I, I think, think you did do that. Yeah, so, so that and the that. night before, the night before Christmas came from my bang bad brother's bad Christmas <laughs> stories. <laughs> so, well, if you can resurrect either of those two, I believe that Peter Annie and Jason Castingway are still collecting submissions for the holiday showcase, which will be next Sunday on Sunday edition. So if you can scare one of those up, I'm sure they would love to have it. Um, and I would love to hear your night before the night before Christmas at some point. Some point I'll um, send it to you because it was it was really neat because we got um I got there were 50 people in it. I got a, a, a school class involved and you know oh. they were involved and then I got um some people to be elves and I had one of these um very very speed Sony 101 point you know um reel to reel recorders and I connected it up at the radio station and I got them to, to sing this song we got to work 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 we got to work we cannot work we got to work and what I did was I animated I used the varied speed to make them sound they weren't quite elves, but they were animated, you know, to the point they weren't like chipmunks, but they were in between and they were the elves and they were they were grown men. And most people didn't know they were grown men. And they couldn't figure out how I got that because it was too low for the children and too high for men. But that's how we did it. And, uh, you know, it was it turned out to be quite a production. There was music and sound effects and it was fun. You know, that is awesome. How about you, Becca? Do you have a standout memory? Um. Yeah, I do. Um, and I can't remember how old I was or what year or anything, but I can remember waking up like at two in the morning on Christmas Eve and I'm thinking, okay, I can go out and there was nothing under the tree, but I got to the kitchen and um, my dad was, my dad is totally blind and my mom legally blind. So you know, they were standing in the kitchen and the neighbors, which um, also was a blind couple, um, mm -hmm. were there. And I couldn't figure out why they would be visiting at two in the morning when they also had kids. <laughs> and it turned out that um, and, and I could see that the attic hole was open. Um, and, and of course we didn't have a fireplace. So, you know, the attic hole was what had to be used. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, the hole is open. And so everybody needs to hurry up. And, and I kept telling them they needed to go home 
and go to bed so the Santa could <laughs> so come. Santa could come. Exactly, exactly. And I found out years later, I asked mom about it, and she was saying that, you know, dad would, whenever she shopped, she'd wrap it up, and, and dad would shove it up in the attic. And so that was why the attic hole was open. But um, the neighbor lady liked to do some wrapping, too, and and it got to the point where mom waited until that night and did all the wrapping then. Um, and so the neighbor lady actually was the one that did a lot of the wrapping too, but it was just funny how the attic door was open and it's like, how do you figure all this out when everybody's supposed to be sleeping? So that's <laughs> yeah. a memory that I had. And, and it was the first thing that popped in my mind was, um, you know, dad, dad standing on the washing machine and the neighbor lady standing there and they're like, oops, <laughs> we're caught. But, you know, I still didn't pick up on it all. So it was, it was one of those memories. I'm going to share a naughty um, holiday memory. In the oh, mid eighties, wow. there was a, a very popular toy called Teddy Ruxpin and you could put cassette tapes into Teddy Ruxpin and he would tell you stories. Well, I guess because of the popularity, they decided to make a girl version. Um, but instead of a teddy bear, it was a doll called Cricket. And um, same thing, you put tapes in her and she would tell you different stories and sing songs and things. But it was also around the same time that um, Chucky, if, if any of you know the, oh, the horror gosh. movie Chucky. <laughs> and so Anthony that year got a Sony, oh man, I don't remember what the model name was, but um, you know, it was a cassette, um, sort of a, a, a cross between a Walkman, um, you know, and one of those older carry around cassette tapes with the little microphone. Um, but it was all sporty and yellow and, and it had big black buttons and things. And so Christmas Day, um, Anthony scurried off into his room and recorded um, some really harrowing Chucky girl sounding, you know, as a kid, you know, you can you can make your voice sound like a creepy girl. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get you while you sleep. <laughs> Thanks a lot You're for doing that, Anthony. That's from me. <laughs> and, you know, I, I waited for everyone to, to retire for the evening, and I crept very gingerly into my sister's room and hit play and crept quickly back to my room. And Cricket <laughs> became persona non grata. Cricket was regulated on Christmas night to the attic and was not to be seen for months. My parents tried bringing that doll down like six times, and my sister was not having it. My parents were not happy campers, but thankfully they got <laughs> over it by next Christmas and I didn't receive coal in my stocking. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's awful. That's terrible, man. I, I, yeah. I ruined my sister's Christmas that year. I, I, I probably should apologize again, but you know, it's been years. She's over it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Let's check in with Nancy. Do we have any hands? We actually do not. I heard Denise Colley come in earlier, so we're going to take a public service announcement break because um, Denise is going to share something with us. Denise, if you're here, unmute and talk to us. Okay, can you guys hear me okay? We can. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, as, boy, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I could 
I've had some really interesting Christmas memories. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll share one or two with us and then give us your announcement. <laughs> well, my biggest Christmas memory, because, you know, we always celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve, too, because we did it with my my uh, maternal grandparents. <clears throat> and they were from Norway. And, of course, that's what you did in Norway. So, mm -hmm. But the first year that Burl and I were married, uh, we got married in October. And in December, on Christmas morning, he sent me on a treasure hunt. And, um, and he had all of these clues um, for my present. And like I had a tray and some little prong things. And I can't remember what else um, he had. And he sent me all over the house. And my clues ended me back up in the kitchen where he was, had gotten me a microwave for Christmas. And it was my oh. very first microwave that I'd ever oh, had. Wow. And I thought, what an ingenious idea, you know, how creative. So that's always been my big memory. That's fun. Oh. All right. Well, for those who don't know me, I'm Denise Colley, and I am the president of the Braille Revival League. And I want to talk to you about an event that we're going to be holding on January 4th of 2024. That is the um, celebration of Louis Braille's birthday. And we are putting on a seven-hour Braille Matters extravaganza, where we're going to be sharing how Braille matters, why it matters, why it's important. So it will start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to, as I said, begin this seven-hour extravaganza, where we're going to demonstrate you know, basically what we know, that Braille does matter. We're going to have a lot of presentations, uh, prizes, uh, lots of opportunities for everyone to participate. And there's no reason that you not be there. Um, we want to get everyone excited about what Braille can do. And we want to look ahead to what the Braille Revival League will be, um, can do to make Braille more and more valued and more and more relevant. So we're going to... Um, have various presentations um, to include things like um, the, um, I can get my thing to go over it, uh, a presentation from BANA on what's current with Braille um, with BANA. Um, news from, we're going to have news from our uh, special interest, our, our state affiliates of the Braille Revival League. So we'll be hearing from our Jenny Beck chapter in Pennsylvania, um, our, our affiliate in, in uh, California, in Florida, in Illinois, in um, Texas. Um, we're going to hear from the Braille, the Brailleless um, news from the UK. And if any of you participated in our last Braille buzz, um, we had Matthew come and talk to us. We're going to hear about who our life members are and getting the list of our life members. Um, we're going to hear from the Vacaville Prison Program and their prison volunteers who do Braille Rider repairs. Um, we are going to hear from Clovernook Printing House, um, from the National NBP on how uh, their programs demonstrate the importance of Braille. Uh, from um, uh, uh, National Braille 
NB or NLS and um, their programs. We are running a contest asking people to write in 50 words or less why Braille matters to them or how it matters. And we're going to be giving away first, second, and third place prizes for those. We will be hearing from Horizons for the Blind, from uh, the Braille Challenge, and getting um, updates on the Braille Challenge and how that program inspires young people to use Braille. Uh, we're going to hear from um, our community calls that focus on Braille. Uh, we will hear um, from the grade three Braille instruction program, from the digital Braille program. Uh, we're going to hear from Dream Vision Group, uh, Mike Tyndale and his program. We're going to hear from um, <clears throat> Dorlin Cantron, who does the uh, Braille, uh, Braille Together program. And um, she's going to actually give it, we're going to do something. We're going to create something. So if you're there for that hour, um, bring your Braille writer and paper, and she's going to help us create something. You'll hear from the uh, Braille Revival League itself, who we are, what we're doing, and you'll hear from our various subcommittees on what our um, activities are in BRL. Um, and then, um, as I said, we'll hear from um, our Braille affiliate in Texas. And then we are going to close our event by um, inviting to join us the uh, Braille um, the Lewis Braille celebration that's done every year by our affiliate in New York. And they do an hour long program. And so at 7 p.m. Eastern time that night, they will be doing their, uh, their celebration to Lewis Braille um, for his birthday. And that will end our event. Uh, we will be on Zoom. We will be on Clubhouse. We will be on ACB Media. Um, we've already placed an article in the December e-forum, if you saw that. So we'll be advertising this all over the place. We'll be putting the program out so you can see who's going to be uh, on at any given time throughout the day. And we just want to invite everyone to participate. Um, we think this is going to be an exciting event, and we are really glad that we're going to get to do this and, and really introduce people a little bit more to Braille and the importance of Braille, and to get people excited about the use of Braille. I'm 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 so excited that this is happening. Um, I'm currently learning Braille, um, and I did not realize how much pushback Louis had in the beginning, um, and that you know Louis took an idea that was already out there and and styled it into what we now know as Braille and and the history of it fascinates me. I, I want to go back and, and find the actual book and, and read the entire book so that I, I am a more, um, under, you know, a, a more comprehensive understanding of the history of Braille. Um, I'm going to take a personal moment and shout out to folks. Um, I am, I'm learning through the East Bay Center, the I Love and I Learn Braille Calls. Um, and a very good friend and a, a dear, dear member of ACB, um, Mr. Jim Crod has loaned me a Brilliance 14 to practice with. Um, oh. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I, uh, twice a day I take it out and I write at least two or three emails um, on and, and they are not. Oh, my God, I'm bad with dictation. Forget about it. I, I don't know punctuation yet. <laughs> when you get a Braille email from me, you get absolutely no punctuation whatsoever. I just hit enter, enter and do two, you know, two lines in between to let you know it's a new thought. Yes. And, and, but and shout I out to. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say shout out to Professor um, Valine Shaw and, and to Jim Crott. Um, you know, people have been telling me I'm seven and a half years in now that I really need to learn Braille. And and um, it, it started permeating this last year. And, and I'm, I'm really glad to be to be acquiring that skill. So I am very excited about this event. I will be there for as much of it as I possibly can. Thank you so much. We know it's going to be a long day and we know that. You know, people aren't going to be able to be there the whole entire day, but, you know, when, whatever parts of it you can, uh, we will have facilitators throughout the whole day. And so we'll be um, asking, we've got some prepared questions in case somebody doesn't talk about what we want them to, so we can steer them back on track. And, um, and just a reminder that I Love Braille does occur, this is on a Thursday, and um, Bailey's program is on Thursday at noon. Eastern time. So go there, listen to him first, and then come join us. Absolutely. Hey, Denise, it's Mark. Who, who's going to be there from BANA? Who do you have from, from the BANA world coming? Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to. Wait. That's all right. I just have to get my. <laughs> well, I was hoping to give them a, a proverbial shout out because the BANA people are awesome. And I've, I've talk about. The, the thing that has always amazed me over the years doing different things are, are codes people. The people who are into codes and really get into the just the, the theology of why do we put a dot there instead of over there to form the symbol? And they've, I mean, they'll give you an hour lecture on a on a comma, Anthony, <laughs> if you want them to. Won't they exactly? Um, I just don't understand why dot six isn't period. <laughs> but maybe yeah, I'll I figure mean, that out along the way. <laughs> well, you know, because because this isn't chemiform that you're talking about here. This is this is a braille code, and you know, we don't do symbol, we don't do visual things. I, I understand what you're talking about, but just say it. Yeah, our banner person is Jen Golden. Yeah, wonderful. Yay. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is Becky, and I just I think it's awesome. I'm glad to hear this because. Um, and I will plan to be there. And that was one of the first things that my mom and I talked about the night I called her and told her I broke my arm is she's like, oh, we can't do Braille then. And, and actually, I was saying the same thing because it's like, how can you do Braille one handed when you're not very good at it? Because I'm also like um, Anthony, I'm, I'm just finished doing um uncontracted with the Hadley program and mm -hmm. that's another good program that's out there mm -hmm. and right absolutely so so I I'm excited about this and and actually um BRL is is something I am part of but haven't been active in and now I feel like the need is to uh take that next step and get forward and and get active so thanks cool. for coming and sharing that thank you thank you very much Becky Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Since we're in announcement time, um, I'll throw a couple more out there. Um, over the next couple of days, you will see the next member on the mic and the next scholarship and spotlight. 
And uh, <laughs> Denise, thank you for all your help on that. Um, we've got some great scholarship. And um, in the next couple of months, you're also going to um, see some of our JP Morgan Chase and DKM first timers um, up at the mic as well. I don't know if, if that'll be a third offering or if it will just sprinkle them in kind of with the scholarships and spotlight. But um, if you are not subscribed to the blog, it is acbvoices.org. And I think over the next couple of months, we're also going to be ramping up articles and testimonials and things on the blog. So please go subscribe. Um, I also want to shout out Pride Connection, which is BPI's flagship podcast. Uh, this week, the um, you can go to acbmedia.org, hit podcasts, and scroll down to Pride Connection. We're talking all about advocacy in the coming year. Um, and not only for the LGBTQIA plus community, but for all of the marginalized communities. And there's a good deal of information on what we are going to be doing in Jacksonville, which will include a speaking demonstration in uh, Jackson Hall, uh, Jacksonville City Hall Park. So go check that out as well. It's it's a great episode. Um, myself, Tristan Snyder, and Gabriel lopez Cafati, um, bringing you through what advocacy looks like for Blind Pride International. And since membership season is coming up, before you know it, um, please consider becoming a part of Blind LGBT Pride. We love our allies. We have many allied members, and we want some more. You guys. Um, Becky. Any uh, diabetics in action um, announcements you want to throw out there? Um, well, we just finished up our Tupperware fundraiser. We have another fundraiser. Um, it's uh, in conjunction with Easy to See, and it's um, he's got uh, and this is more for the low vision, but you can use these things for um, your sighted friends as well. So, great Christmas presents. They have calendars. Um, that I find very awesome, although right now I can't use it because my writing is horrible. Um, but he also this year has an address book, which is really cool because if you have an address and the person moves, like Anthony going from New York to Florida, I can just rip out his page from New York, <laughs> put in his, uh, create another page and put it in for Florida. Um, really cool um, device that's for, um, it's not really a device, but a, an address book um, for low vision or sighted. Either way, um, my sister uses it and she's 2020 vision. So um, that's a fundraiser we're doing. And then we've got Braille, Braille Institute coming in January for our um, education call. Awesome. I am putting it out there into the universe. I am really hoping to get Braille Legos for Christmas. <laughs> oh, wow. I really want a set of Braille Legos. I know somebody, I believe somebody on this call already has a set. Um, you want to <laughs> tell us a little bit about them? Yes. A few of us have them. Nancy has them. I have them. Uh, I, yeah. You were the one all, I was thinking of, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can I just say this is the last day to vote for your favorite community volunteer yes. of the month of November? Send an email to acbcommunity.committee at gmail.com and you have until 11.59 p.m. Eastern to do that. Okay. And what are the hours for the community fund this year? Is it is it 12 hours again this year? Yep, 3 p.m. New Year's Eve to 3 a.m. New Year's Day. 
Nice. Looking forward to as much of that as I can experience as well. All right. Let's do one more hand check. Nancy, anybody's hand creep up while we were talking? No, sir. All right. Well, then I want to thank Nancy. I want to thank Lucy, um, Herbie for streaming. I want to thank Denise for coming in and telling us all about the Louis Braille celebration. I can't wait for that. And um, my, my guests this afternoon, Carla, Becky, and Mark. Hopefully we can all do this again next year. And please come and check out the Friends in Art Holiday Showcase next week right here on Sunday edition. Um, I think it is going to be a beautiful holiday offering. And you'll get to hear me sing one extra time. <laughs> um, there will be no new uh, Sunday editions on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, but I will be back in January. And like I said, please mark the date for the 14th. Um, we will be talking all about guiding Emily and the mission to raise awareness for employment within our community. It's going to be an amazing call. I hope as many of you as possible can join us and, um, and talk with Barbara Hinsky. All right. Happy holidays, everyone. And thank you for a year's worth of support. I cannot believe that Sunday edition is about to turn four years old. We're going to have a great extravaganza early in February to celebrate four years of Sunday edition. Whatever, You're the Larry however. King of blindness, my friend. The Larry King of blindness. Good for you. I don't know. I think, I think Paul Edwards might take that one. But <laughs> okay. however you choose to celebrate or not celebrate your holidays, I hope you have a wonderful season. And again, thank you for all the support for Sunday edition. Good, good afternoon, everyone. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream one. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.